Well, good morning. If you have a copy of the scriptures, I'd like to invite you to turn to John chapter 17 this morning. John chapter 17. We've been talking uh, for several weeks now about matters related to prayer and um, really thankful that um, God has been faithful through his word. And um, I'm actually personally thankful for the ministry of prayer here at First Baptist North. Um, it's a tender, devoted, just congregation of people who are committed to coming before the Lord's throne and calling on his name and bringing one another's burdens to him and praying for the ministry and the work of the gospel around the world. And I'm grateful. This is a praying church. And... Um, it's, it's just no wonder that God is a, at work in so many people's lives. So I'm so thankful personally for that. And we started down this road after receiving an email of just someone graciously asking, Pastor, why don't we see more answer to prayer? And we kind of started talking about this and looking into the Word because of that question. I love that question. It was intimidating uh, because I don't have the answers, but the, the Word does. The Lord has the answer, and that's why we've been focusing on the, the teachings of Jesus to help us. And this passage um, is, is powerful. Um, I can remember as a boy memorizing uh, what we have all come to know as the Lord's Prayer. It was on my grandmother's mantle, framed in uh, script um, font, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. It wasn't until much later in life as I was kind of reading through the scriptures on my own and was actually a student um, in college, Bible college, when I was reading through the gospel of John, and I came to John 17. And here is another prayer. In fact, this is the real Lord's Prayer. This is where Jesus actually prays. He talks to the Father. This is not long before he would leave the planet in his wondrous ascension and go to be with the Father and end his earthly ministry in the flesh. And he gives this magnificent prayer. This, this is the Lord's Prayer. And in this passage, we see so much about our own relationship to the Father and our own experience of prayer. Um, John tells us at the beginning of this chapter, after Jesus said this, said, said what? Well, he said in verse 33, look, of, of John chapter 16, I've told you these things, at kind of the culmination of all of his teaching. He said, I've told you these things so that in me you might have peace. Did you know that that is, that is the Lord's vision for you in your life? Not that you would not have trouble or experience adversity or hardship, but that in Him you would experience a profound and knowable, testifiable peace. 
And, and I've given you all of this teaching. I've done these things in your life. You've seen me at work. All of what I've just said, I have told you so that you would become convinced that in me, you can actually have peace. This kind of fleeting, ever-pursued, but never-realized notion and experience that is out there in the world can actually be experienced. It's testified in the person of Jesus Christ. And Jesus said, I've told you these things so that you might have peace because, he says, in this world, and this, this is not existentialism, this is, he's talking about your experience on this planet in your relationship with people and cultures and, and, and everything in this world, you will have trouble. I've told you. That's why I've told you all these things, to, to prepare you. But take heart. I have overcome the world. I've taken care of that peace for you. And isn't it wondrous that the very next thing that's recorded for us is Jesus Going to the Father in prayer. I mean, if, if you're troubled, if, if you cannot find a certain peace, a, a sense of purpose, calm, even in the midst of a trial or chaos or whatever happens to be your life experience, there's probably going to be something worth realizing and hearing from this prayer this morning. Because there is a direct, unmistakable, and, and determined connection between the peace that Jesus offers and the prayer that he gives. That's the idea. Now some things about prayer we assume or even struggle to understand. But in answering this question, why? Why don't I experience more effectiveness or, or, or more answers to prayer? Um, we, we find so much here. And this is what John tells us. After Jesus said all that, he looked toward heaven and prayed. The first thing I want us to understand this morning from the word of God is that what prayer does is it lifts us from earth to heaven. Though we are in this world, as Jesus said, this is our experience. This is what you feel. This is what is palpable in your life Prayer lifts me and gives me a, a heavenward perspective. Jesus looked toward heaven and he prayed. David said, I, I look to the, the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of the heavens and the earth. That's a powerful perspective. That's a heavenly perspective. That's where my help comes from. My help comes from the Lord. It comes from heaven. It is holy and fully, comprehensively, apart from myself. That's why I pray. David said, that's where my help comes from. And so an opening question for, for this time is, where would y'all's help come from? That's not how they'd say it in Alabama. Where would y'all's help come from? When I was first a student in Dallas, um, uh, first year, I, I got a job working at Tom Thumb as a grocery store. I told you this story. And um, at that point, you know, when you got this big uh, seminary bill looking at you and not much in your pocket, man, you'll do anything. And so I, we'll do this. What do you need me to do? We need help in our deli. And so my friend and I, Scott Stansel, he's from South Carolina, <clears throat> Spartanburg, South Carolina. So he kind of, he had a little bit of the draw going on down there in Dallas. But I was, I was from Indiana. 
And so he, he and I started working <clears throat> at, the, at, the, at the deli. And it was summer. And, and one day, please, please don't be offended by this if you're from Alabama or something, okay? This is just a story. So don't send me an email or anything. Just enjoy it. Uh, some guy came in and they, they, they were packing their fishing boat. They were going down to New Braunfels, Texas, to the, to the Guadalupe River, and they were going to go fishing, so they needed some ice. And so we're, we're standing there, and I'm, I'm cutting some lady's, you know, whatever, ham or something, thin sliced. And um, Scott's standing next to me, and this, this old boy comes up to me and leans over the counter, and he says, where's y'all's eyes? I said, excuse me? He said, where's y'all's eyes? I looked at Scott. Boy, you're going you're gonna to have to say that again. I'm sorry. Where's y'all's eyes? I looked at Scott. I said, can you help me? He said, he wants to know where your ice is. Where's the ice? <laughs> y'all's eyes. And I didn't know where I... Where's, this, is, this is what prayer does. It helps us. It gives us a little help. Helps us see things more clearly. Prayer gives us a perspective that, that's not our own. It helps me understand that this is so vastly beyond me. Jesus looked toward heaven and he prayed. He invoked the name of God. My help comes from the Lord, the maker of the heavens and the earth. And this is what he said. Look, he said, Father, the hour has come. Prayer opens heaven because it invokes the name, the person of heaven. This is the Lord Creator of the universe, Jesus Christ, who prayed, and when he prayed, he addressed the Father. He said, Father. He addressed him in prayer. He acknowledged his name, the Father, the first person of the Godhead, and he acknowledges him in prayer. God the Father. And in this age of of religious relativism, isn't it helpful to learn from the Lord himself in how he addressed in prayer? This is God the Father. This is not Allah. This is not Buddha. This is not some great spirit. This is God the Father. Father, he prayed to the the God of heaven. How wondrous is that? To invoke his name, the name of the Father. Jesus did this as he invoked his Father's name, the maker, the ruler of the heavens and the earth. Now, Jesus says, glorify your son. The hour hour has come. Father, the hour has come. Do you know that Jesus, because he was not only fully God, but he was also fully fully human in in all his fleshly form. He was bound in time. He he understood the human experience just as we are. Uh, one One of the limitations of our experience is the limitation of time. There are set times, seasons, periods of transition, Prayer recognizes that we as humans are limited, but God in his provision is limitless. And Jesus said, Father, the hour has come. You see, we pray because we're, in, we're finite. We, we have limited understanding. We have profound limitations, uh, time limits. Uh, we are not invincible <laughs> in our perspective or in our experience. Some of you might feel that way in in your younger years. There's just nothing that could possibly go wrong, but that is not. Jesus knew that there was was an end that was in view. An hour had come. It was time. 
And we are bound by that. We feel that in our minds. We feel that in our emotions. We feel that in our bodies, our physical frame. There is something changing. There is something going on. I'll never forget. It was about probably um, five years ago. It was on a Sunday morning. Literally, this happened overnight. I, I came to church and I opened up the scriptures. I came up from the pew to come stand up here and I opened up my Bible and I couldn't see the words. It happened overnight. I couldn't see. I had enough in my mind, in my memory, to kind of make my way through that, that, that sermon, but I panicked. I couldn't see. I don't know what had happened. I don't know if it usually just happens overnight or, or, or if it's gradual, but I remember, I remember having a hallway conversation with my friend Mark Schill, Dr. Schill, and I said, man, I can't see. It just happened overnight. And he's like, Yep. Usually it happens at 40. You've gotten about five more years. He said he kind of verified it, that that's what happens. We're limited. Uh, I've got this thing in my elbow. It hurts. It just hurts. I don't even know. I don't even do anything with my elbow, but it, but it hurts. I was reading an article in, in one of these fitness magazines about transitions in your physical experience, and it said if you're 50 and over and something doesn't hurt, you're probably dead. <laughs> I thought, wow, it's just a passage. It's an experience. We're limited and we pray. That, that's what Jesus is saying. He's saying, can you imagine Jesus who created the universe? He, he existed in eternity past and eternity future. And he, in his prayer, he says, Father, the hour has come. It's a time, it, it, it's an imminent transition. By the way, I, I want to tell young people, especially anybody who's facing a, a, an imminent time of transition in your life, anybody, parents ending up in a different stage of your lives as children go off and, and start, their, listen, get as close to the Lord as you possibly can. Maybe you're preparing to go on the mission field or start a new venture in life or ministry. You need to get as close to the Lord as, as you possibly can. Don't, don't, don't draw from him. Draw towards him in prayer. That's what Jesus is doing. He knows this hour is coming. It, it, it's a bound appointment from God, and he acknowledges the Father. Get, get, get close to the Lord in these times. Prayer, prayer knows and understands that our human limitations are significant and ultimately limited, but the resources of heaven are limitless. This, this is the hour, Jesus said. The hour has come. Now, this is a magnificent expression. Look at what Jesus said. He says, glorify your son, not so that I get the glory, but that so that I will glorify you. Remember, we said a couple of Sundays ago that Jesus prayed not only because he was fully human, he felt the press of the human experience, but he also prayed because he lived a life of full, unbridled submission to the Father. He lived a life of surrender, submission. That's why he prayed. He said, Father, listen, I, I ask you to glorify me so that I can ultimately then glorify you. That, that's what prayer does. Prayer acknowledges and submits to the authority of God in our lives. Ultimately, living be, be below and beneath and under his sovereign control and rule, 
Prayer shapes that. It, it frames my thinking. It, it guides my thoughts and my, my, my appointments and, and connections and the, and the way I live my life when I acknowledge that I'm going to live under your sovereign rule, Father. The hour has come and I need you to glorify my me, Jesus said, so that I might glorify you. Isn't that wonderful? And then he says something magnificent in verse 2. If you get anything this morning, please, please hear this. Jesus said, you granted him, he's talking in the third person, which is amazing. He's, he's talking about himself. You granted him authority over all people that he might give eternal life to all those you have given him. Do you know that we see in this prayer, listen to this, Jesus has authority over all people, but especially over all the Father has given to him in faith, believers. Jesus has authority over everyone who has believed in his name. Wow. That ought to change our prayer lives. When we bow before him, we acknowledge his great name. We, we invoke the name of the Father. We realize that, that we do that in the name of the Son, Jesus, who has ultimate authority in my life as a believer because the Father granted it to him. His authority. Prayer is transformed when we believe in the authority of Jesus over our lives. Over our futures, over our families, our thoughts. That's why Paul says we take every thought captive to the authority of Jesus. He has authority over my thoughts, over your thoughts. Because the Father has granted it to him. What a magnificent, transforming principle for prayer. And I come to him, and he has authority in my life. Listen, I'm going to give you some, some examples, and this will feel a little bit uh, like a whirlwind, but I want you to see this. We're going to look at some passages. First of all, Jesus has authority to accomplish his will in your life. We need to have that when we pray. John 15. Let's go over to John chapter 15. Just a couple of passages over. I want you to see this. John chapter 15. Start in verse 5, he says, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish. That's prayer. And it will be done. He has authority to grant your requests in prayer. Because the Father has given him the authority to accomplish his will in your life. How about that? (laughs) He's got that authority from the Father to accomplish his will in your life. He, he, he says it also later on, uh, verse 12, My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends. If you do what I command, see that's authority, that's, a command, that's an authority word. 
I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends. For everything I learned from my Father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me. I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit. Fruit that will last so that whatever you ask in my name, that's prayer, the Father will give you. What a presumptuous statement. No, not at all. When you understand the context of the Lord's Prayer, the real Lord's Prayer, Jesus is saying, Father, you gave me authority to say that in their lives. I have the authority to grant whatever you ask in my name. Wow, that's remarkable. I don't know if I'm the only one getting excited about this. I kind of feel that way this morning. Anyway, there's a couple of other things. He also has the authority to give you a brand new heart. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Let's go over to the New Testament, a couple of passages. 2 Corinthians, this is to the right in your Bibles. Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 16, the Apostle Paul writes, So from now on we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Therefore, listen, if anyone is in Christ, the new has come. The new creation has come. The old is gone and the new is here. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. Do you know that the Lord Jesus, because the Father granted it to him, has the authority to transform your life. Take something that is old and make it new. He has that authority in your life. So you can can have that confidence when you come before his presence in prayer and you can ask boldly for something to be transformed in your life. Maybe it's an attitude. Maybe it's a mindset. Maybe it's a pattern of thinking. Something that needs to be made new. The old isn't working. It's hurtful. It needs to be transformed. Jesus, because the Father granted it to him, has the authority to make you new. And he does that. And he accomplishes it. Because the Father granted him that. Now this is one of my favorites. This is in Romans chapter 8. Go over there. Keep going. Romans. This is back to the left. Romans chapter 8. In this real Lord's Prayer, we discover that Jesus has the authority to set you free from the law of sin and death. Listen to this. Romans 8, chapter one, verse 1. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free From the law of sin and death. Do you know that no one else on earth, no other entity, no other power in the created universe has the authority to set you free from the condemning power of sin except Jesus Christ. And the only reason he has it is because the Father granted him that authority. He can set you free. He can deliver you from darkness and he can place you in light. He he can release the chains of bondage. 
the condemning power of sin, the guilt, the shame of your past, and he can make you new and set you free. And you will be eternally free, never more the opportunity to be condemned for your sin. Jesus has the authority to do that in your life because the Father granted it to him. <laughs> Praise his name. Are you glad? He took you off death row. Spiritually, he, he had the keys. He had the authority. The Father granted that to him. If you're in Christ, he has the authority to set you free. This gospel not only delivers us from death, it delivers us from bondage, condemnation, judgmentalism, legalism. This gospel is a gospel of freedom because Christ can set you free. I, I, I just kind of imagine this conversation, and this is not scholarship, but I just imagine this, con this conversation between the Father and the Son. And, and this one comes up, and, and, and you're going to love this, Jesus, because you, you have the authority to set everybody free. Because when you get down there, what you're going to discover, first of all, is that they're all in bondage. They're all in knots. They're all bound. They're worn out. They're fearful. They're defeated. Because that's what religion did to them. But Jesus, when you get down there, I'm telling you as your father, you have the authority to set them free. Eternally. <laughs> I just can't imagine that might have been oh, great. I love that one. The father with the afflicted son said, if you can. Jesus said, if I can? <laughs> what do you mean if I can? <laughs> Man, this is what I came to do. My father has given me the authority to do this. Your son's going to walk. He's going to dance. He's going to sing. He's going to be free. Because I can do that. I have the authority to do that. Man, that ought to transform your prayer life. Who are you praying for? Who's on your list? Needs to be set free in the power of Jesus' name. He's got the authority to do it from the Father. He also has the authority given by the Father to present you perfect and blameless before the Father's throne. The very end of the book, Jude, right before Revelation. You don't have to turn there if you don't want. I'll just read it. We've got to get this wrapped up. Listen to this. You, dear friends, by building yourselves up in your most holy faith and praying in the Holy Spirit, there's prayer. Keep yourselves in God's love as you wait for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ to bring you to eternal life. Be merciful to those who doubt. Save others by snatching them from the fire to show others mercy mixed with fear, hating even the clothing stained by corrupted flesh. That's the world. He says, go there. Just go there. Get people out of the fire. You're going to smell like smoke, but that's where I want you to be. But listen, verse 24. To him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you before his glorious presence without fault and with great joy. 
To the only God, our Savior, be glory, majesty, majesty, power, and what? Say it, church, authority through Jesus Christ, our Lord, before all ages now and forevermore. You know what? You can go there. You can run that risk. You can go to the edge with the gospel. You can live your life in the fullness of the Spirit. You can snatch people from the fire. You can be merciful to those who doubt because you have this confidence from the Father. From this real Lord's Prayer, we learn that the Father gave to Jesus the authority to keep you and to present you ultimately blameless before his Father's throne. So no worries, just go for it in his name. <laughs> and by the way, I, I, I don't know about you, but you know, most of the time it's our kids that are on our minds. What's the Lord going to do with their lives? Where is he going to take them? But what a great prayer. Lord, send them to the edge. Send them, to the, send them into that, that place. Equip them to be rescuers. To be mercy bringers to the doubters. To be the kind of person that can snatch someone out of the fire. Because I know with confidence, my gracious God, that Jesus has the authority to keep them. And ultimately to present them blameless before your throne. So I'm not going to fret about that because you've got that authority in their life. And so, Father, fling them across the world for your name. What a prayer. Right before Jesus left and was actually to die, he was with his disciples and they were starting to kind of put it all together in their minds. And John says the end of his gospel, that they were discouraged. They were, they were pretty down about it because the hour had come. And so they were asking him, and, and Jesus said, don't, don't, don't let your hearts be troubled. Don't be discouraged. In my Father's house are many dwelling places. There's a, there's a greater vision here. And I'm going to prepare a place for you. By the way, that's something, I didn't add this to the list, but he also has the authority to prepare a place for you. How cool is that? We sang about a mansion. Probably not going to be a mansion, but it's going to be a place for you. He has the authority to prepare a place for you. He said, I'm going there to prepare a place for you, and then I'm going to come again and receive you to myself so that where I am, there you may go also. And one of those disciples said, well, well that sounds great, but we don't, know, we don't know the way to go. <laughs> and Jesus said, I'm the way, I'm the truth, I'm the life. No one comes to the Father. Listen, you can't pray. You can't come to the Father in prayer except through Him. That's what He said. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. You can't pray. You do not have access to God except through Jesus. So the question is, do you know God? 
Not do you believe in God, but, but, but do you know Him? Because you've trusted in the only way to know Him, which is through faith in Jesus Christ. There are people praying all over the world today in all manner of ritual and expectation, doing bizarre things in prayer, hoping to find favor with some being. They cannot because Jesus said, I am the way. No one comes to the Father except through me. You pray to the Father in Jesus' name. Three final principles and then we're done. You can pray when you have a relationship to the God of heaven, the Father. That has to do with believing. Believing in His Son, Jesus Christ. And by that you are reconciled to God. And access is, prov- is provided for you to the Father through Jesus Christ. His finished work. His, his shed blood And you have access to the Father. You can pray when you have a relationship to the Father. So Jesus said, Father. He talked to the Father. He had a relationship with Him. You can have a relationship with God the Father when you believe in His name. You put your trust in His Son, Jesus Christ. You can pray when you understand that your extreme limitations fall completely not in light of the unexplainable, limitless power and provision of Christ. That has to do with trust. Trust for your life. Trust for your future. Trust for your family and your children. When you realize your resources, your experience is severely limited, but the resources of heaven are limitless in Christ. And you can really begin to experience a wider and deeper reality in prayer. When you trust and claim the authority of Christ for your life and your eternal destiny, that's surrender. Some people are trying to pray and they've never surrendered to the authority of Christ in their life. So you're praying around His plan instead of accepting it. The authority of Christ in your life. Some of you are involved in things in your life that do not square with the authority of Christ. And you're wondering why you have a veneer experience in, 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 your, in your prayer life. But you've never surrendered to the authority of Christ in your life with your, with your mind or your body or your relationships, your, your lifestyle. It has to do with Surrender. the real Lord's Prayer. It's the beginning of it. It's not over. 
Do you want to pray? You want to experience that in your life? Don't you want to know God? Put your faith in Jesus Christ. Just trust him. The work is finished. It's been accomplished for you. You receive it by faith. You put your trust in Christ. And God opens up to you the windows of heaven, the resources of heaven. You can pray. Want to change your life around? You want something really dramatic and powerful to happen? Then you, you accept his authority in your life. Let him have that power in your life. Bring something about that only he can do. Let's that's, that's just surrender. Let's, let's bow our heads. Let's pray. Let's talk to the Lord. I cannot believe that there's someone in this room this morning that has never given their life to Jesus Christ. They've never trusted him as their savior. So they, they, they can't pray. They don't know God. And maybe God has begun to speak to you in your heart and in your life. Pressed in on you. You need, you need to surrender today. You need to give your life to Jesus Christ. Believe on his name. Trust him fully. With the provision of your salvation, just give him your life. Let him come into your heart. Transform you. And there's certainly others that hear all of this but are, are, are still relentless in their determination to live life the way they, they seem most fit. That also needs to come into the authority of Christ today. To just bow before him and say, I surrender. I, I want you to have my life. I want you to have my family's life. I want you to have my kids, my future. I, I want to surrender to the authority of Jesus today. Oh man, God will pour out his riches on you. You pray that prayer. This altar is going to be open as we sing. You come. Come to Christ. Come to Him in full surrender today. In Christ's name. In His name. Let's stand and sing this morning.
of Jesus. Have a great day. Amen. Thank you.